0: Welcome everyone, we're about to begin, Bez HaShem, BPW number 4, that's bais panimi, Sheer number 4 for the women, and we're going to talk today about the concept in Chazal that says Ezeh, Yishik bala." who is a Yishik Shera, one who carries out the will of the husband. And what's important to know, just like in the Rambam that we learned that the women need to honor their husbands very much, to the extent that he is even a king, and that that's a key to functioning of the home, and we talked about how that my my including this one, is um, met with a lot of resistance and scorn in many circles. Uh, about you know, and and the truth is, is it needs explanation, because the chazal do not mean as we're going to demonstrate very clearly from the Torah itself. That does not mean that as soon as uh, you accept a ring on your finger that you're forever, that means your opinion is meaningless, that it has no weight, it has no value, and that it's null and it's void and you blindly follow your husband no matter what. That is not what it means. So you need to, with, like with everything in Taira, with all the Chazals, and that's why we very often need to ask Das Taira Tamideh Chachamim, to for us to give advice to us on how to interpret my Chazal, what they mean, when they mean it, and so on and so forth. And you find in stories in the Gemara and in through the history where it seemed like that was it, where the wives had a complete bittel, a complete suspension of their own ego, to do to, to follow their husband with a love and with a devotion. That's unparalleled. And you see that through Chazal, and they were praised and very admirable. But then you see other situations that the Torah indicates where they praise the wise for not doing so. So one of them is the case of the famous story of Ayn ben Peles in the Gemara, where her husband, Ayn ben Peles was his name, who had or was struggling with, was considering very strongly following Kairach's side of the Machlechus between uh, Kairach and Moshe Rabbeinu, that Oyn Ben-Peles was going to follow Kairach. And what she did, she uncovered her here, and scared them away, and then basically in a nice, or maybe not so nice way, told Oyn ben more or less, I'm paraphrasing, that you're a nobody, whether you whether you're going to be with Kairach or whether you're going to be with Moshe Rabbeinu, you're going to be Mr. Einbem Pelas, a nobody anyway. What's the point of getting into this Machleikis here? Uh, you're you're not gaining anything from it, and stick to the way things are with Moshe Rabbeinu, and don't get in, get involved in this machleikus. And she even uncovered her hair and moved them away, so she didn't blindly follow her husband there. Her husband, if he would she would have let things go, Bala, right? Her ruts, the Ratsan of, of the Baal was at least seriously considering going on to Kairach's side of it. And she was an Isha, Shera, the wife of Aimben Pelas, and she did not do the ruts and Bala over there. And she put an extra step there to make sure he does not fall into that trap. Same concept you have with Saro Ymenu. Okay, I'm getting this a lot from a country, by the way, um, which is a guide for Kala teachers and Jewish women, um, that I got privately that I'm conveying some of these ideas to you. And the same idea with Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu's desire was to keep Yishmol close to him. He had issues, he had problems, he wasn't behaving Correctly, Avram knew this, but he felt that he, he would be with him and treat him equally to Yitzchak and work with him and he'll be able to rehabilitate him and build him up to become a great person. Ultimately, Yishmal did do tshuva in his later years. It's brought down. Yishmal himself did tshuva. But the bottom line is, Avram did not want him to be kicked out of the house. Sarah said, he didn't, she didn't blindly, again over that case Avram wants Yishmol to stay I'm going to let him stay, Sarah didn't do that she says, get him out and Hashem actually told Avram, don't let it don't feel bad about it, do what she listened to her and he he blessed Yishmol wherever he will be, and so on and so forth mm-hmm. another example of this is in Tanakh you have the Isha Shunamis. There was a lady, a Shunamis, a big tzadek, tzadekis, that Alicia always crossed through her neighborhood when he was doing his travels. And she's the one who urged her husband to make a special guest room for Elisha with a, a kisei, a, 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 a chair, and a bed, and a menaira and to, to to give food and make him comfortable, and whatever it is. She was the one that urged him to accept that Concept of making a special guest room for Alicia, uh, 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 Alicia. Now, was she making a mistake when she took an initiative, and so on, or when her 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 son actually died, and without telling her husband, she she went straight to Alicia, said, "Don't worry, Shalom," and went straight to him, and withheld that information in that situation from her husband, and. Went straight to Alicia and said, This is the child you promised me, and now he's dead. And he was Machiah Mason, the child. Or the Russian Sitkani, same idea. They did not do ruts of their husbands. Their husbands basically said they gave up. They were totally shattered, despaired, crushed. Leave me alone. I don't want to build families, and I don't want to. There's no point in everything. There's no point in spreading. The, just to to um, you know perpetuate the diaries with children being thrown into the sea. The, the 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 daughters that will come will get intermarried and get you know. So what's the point of all of this? The Nushan Tzitkani of Mitzrayim did not blindly follow, and they said nothing. Doing, they had betachain and they went out of their way, and they went to their husbands, gave them the encouragement, ignited their actual physical desires to be with them, and to have children, and to be Mamshach the direst, and because of that, we were to the Geula. You have the same thing by Esther. Now, Esther, you see it both ways. On one hand, she was mavatl herself to Mordechai. She, in, all the way from early on, Mordechai told her, don't don't say where you come from, and Esther listened to her husband, Mordechai, I will not say where I come from. And he guided her all through and she followed blindly his instructions. But nevertheless there was a point where Esther, Mordechai asked Esther, please, Davin go, you know, for Klai Yisrael, go to Ahash And Esther responded, wait a minute, I'm this is a You and I wasn't called to him. If he doesn't stretch out her, his, uh, his uh, you know, whatever you call that, signet or whatever, that long uh, 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 stick that the king has to her head, she's dead. And Mordechai said, nevertheless, do it, because if you don't do it, who knows, uh, this is why you're here, and this is the opportunity, and if it won't happen from you, it'll happen from somebody else. Okay, so she listened, but listen to what she said. She didn't just say blindly, okay, I'm going, wish me well. You know, you said that. No, she went beyond that. She says, okay, you want me to do this? I'm going to do this, but this is what I want. I want you to declare a three-day fast. That three-day fast included even being over, not fasting on the first day of Pesach. The first day of the night, they did vayavar Mordechai, and he went along with it, and he followed her. So you see from here many, many examples of when and how you need to use this maimer chazal of eze ishik sheira oisa ba'ila, which is true as true as can be, because it's a chazal that's That's the crux of the panemias of it. The panemias of the woman of the wife needs to know that yes. I that is how, I, how Hashem created me, that is my Shlemus, my husband is overall a taira a mensh, an erlicha person, I will do his and do everything I can to fulfill his Ratzon. Does that mean you're a Shmata? No. Does that mean you're a sheep? No. No. Because you see, in all these situations where the the situation warranted someone something different, Hashem gave the Isha, the Bini, a to adapt to it, and to handle it in a different way. Then he brings down a fascinating thing. The had Rav Kiva Eger, interesting. A letter uh, he wrote a letter to his relatives. His relatives his 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 first wife passed away. And his relatives were pressuring him to remarry after the passing of his wife. It's time to move on, it's time to remarry. And Rav Kiva Eger explained that in the way he was, it's brought down here again. I, I, there is a chuvis from Kiva Eger of his personal letters. It says here it's of Kuf Memtes, letter one forty nine. I don't have the nusach of the letter in front of me. Hopefully, I'll try to get it. But the bottom line is, is that he wrote back to his, um, to his relatives that right now he's an emotionally in unable to remarry. He has, he still feels very deeply the loss of his beloved wife, and he could not at this point, consider remarriage right now. Later he did remarry, I believe. You know, time passed, and he was able to emotionally get to a point where he could, and he felt it was right. But right now, at that point in time, he wasn't able to yet. And when he talked about the reminiscence about his wife, he used to say that he and his wife would often stay up very late at night, discussing and debating. Hear this, debating in Yonav of Shemayim. He uses the Russian I wish I could see it in Lushan Kaidish, exactly the expression that was used, but one of the greatest, fondest treasured treasure memories that Vega had of his wife is that she would talk to him and also debate with him on points of Yerushalayim with him, meaning he said it's a certain Nakuda, she used to counter back, no, it's this, whatever, they had back and forth with it. So again, from here you see, from all of these, that the Torah, whatever the Torah did mean by Aza, ishak sheira Ezer, it Bala, does not mean to make her into a little sheep and do everything that he says blindly without having her own opinions or her own feelings. Women have a lot to contribute. They can say things that they need to say things that they think about, and to so sometimes they need to demonstrate a certain initiative certain undertakings, and be the inner guidance. So, the idea, though, however, means as follows. That ultimately, let's say they're both mature, intelligent, they see things differently, so then what happens? Let's say there's a point where you have to make a decision one one way or the other. Here is where one needs to understand and really place a, a deep understanding in this. And... There will be times where a husband and wife can't get to a point of making a decision because they see things differently, and they mo- both mutually decide we're going to be machni ourselves to uh, a rav, whoever, and will follow their 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 line of reasoning. But then there will be situations where the isha will realize that this is the deep desire of her husband, and it's a it's a it's a normal way, and she will give into to it, because in her wisdom she'll understand the beauty and harmony of their home, is bound by the respect that she invests in her husband, and that her children invest in her husband, that hierarchy is important in, in Tyra, in Das Tyra, where the husband does need to feel that respect and be that, that aspect of the family that is the head of the family, that is may seem old fashioned, but this is the way it is really meant to be. That there will be situations where the best thing for her as an ishak shera, the best thing for her for her children, is to at in certain situations to actually acknowledge the authority of his final word in many many instances and defer to his wishes. However, of course, like we mentioned in the stories that we mentioned till now. Ayyun Ben Pelas, Sarah, you know, in the difference in Avram and so on, or a Kivega debating in Yurishmein with his wife, whatever it may be. That that you could discuss matters in depth, you could debate with each other in a loving manner, respectful manner, without contradicting this idea of A Saritzain Bala. And of course, everything we said up to this point in the She'er, we are not talking about a control freak. We said this many times. In this year, we're talking about normal, healthy people that just are human beings with normal flaws that work with each other. If, if a husband happens to be this type of strong-minded, very controlling type person, that's a different situation altogether. That requires a separate shayla, a separate situation. We're talking here not about that. We could talk about a husband that is generally very mild-mannered, uh, you know, or very and very kind, and very flexible, and understands the backs and forths of things, and allows your opinion to be heard and felt and respected back and forth and so on and so forth. That is what we're talking about. If your husband has those qualities to him, then it's a lot easier and it makes more sense to follow this of being the ishik shayra, isharetzayin bala. So we're not talking about situations where it's my way or the highway and just Blindly, why do why why do this? Because I said so. I'm the boss of the house. This is what I'm saying. If that's the way the husband's talking, then there's a separate problem going on. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about a, generally speaking, normal, good people that love each other, respect each other. Then there needs to be that that fusion and understanding of what Chazal mean and we mentioned think this is the woman's share. so we talked about respecting him like a king and shayro chayar tzayn bala but again of course on the men's side we're talking about the chiyuvim the responsibilities that the husband has to have towards his wife that are equally true in Chazal, and equally have to be enforced and and the the the, the good healthy part of it is is that if Baruch Hashem, when you have a husband and a wife that try to follow Taira and listen to what the Chazal is saying and without checking on each other, you know, grading that the hu- husband wholeheartedly goes through all the Chazals of what the Ksubah says and what the Chiyuvim towards a wife is supposed to be. And, Metsh we will learn either in the main Shiurim or in the Men Shior, the Contrasim of specific things that, the from the man's side, of what he's supposed to do for his wife, and then we'll the other way around for the other way around. But if each one does their part, she becomes the Ishik Sheira and he becomes the Baal, the husband, that's supposed to be the Erlich HaMenschlich, husband he is meant to be, then life is tremendously beautiful, and there's no real strain. It's not even a Nesayin to be Eyser at Sain Baal, or to respect him like a king, and there's no design for him to treat his wife, to love his wife more than himself, and to honor her more uh, like himself. There's no, there's no even if each one does what they need to do, what the Torah expects them to do, what Hakadosh Baruch Hu expects them to do. But to end off the shear right now, there's one point which we're going to elaborate a different time is, is if some of this shear seemed, you know, hard to accept or uncomfortable, you need to ask yourself, and this is true on both ends of it. Of what our culture did here with the feminist movement and the truth is is through world history women have been treated terribly in the gentle gentle and Gentile world and there's many abuses that occur and unfortunately among Jews it had happened it's aberration Baruch Hashem it's not normal but it does happen that there's abuse of women And then that abuse created the 180-degree opposite effect of having the secular women's liberation movements. But those movements actually killed marriages, killed the family structure, killed what a woman is meant to be. So don't be fooled by that obsessiveness of this emancipation. Men and women should be able to do exactly the same tasks, not be treated any different from one another, like their their hormones are the same, their genders are the same. They don't have this; they have exact same roles. They're equal in every way, shape, or form. All of that is nonsense. Nonsense in Hakadosh Baruch Hu's eyes. That created a man and a woman very, very differently. She has a beautiful feminine nature that's to be valued, and treasured. The empathy, the emotional awareness, appreciation of beauty and understanding of her children's needs, the warmth, the, the devotion, all this is the uniqueness of a woman, particularly a Jewish woman, which the which the liberals try to wipe out. Okay, so there's no such thing as this gender equality that's expressed, expressed by the outside world. There is a certain equality that's expressed in Torah values. That is the quality of what we're talking about. Not the gender equality of the secular world. Are they are two different things? So for wives to be cholila pushed around, that's not a of value. To be disrespected, that's not a terror value. To be treated like like they're uh, you know, like really low in the totem pole of a family structure, that's not a terror value. That's not a of value. There is a certain beauty and hashivas and respect that abbasis role need is the has intrinsically based on what the Torah describes what it is but it is not the secular description of it and that's something very very important it fell into our consciousness and it's something that we have to fight the role reversals like we explained that there's no problem whatsoever in my opinion at least again there's different opinions of a woman wanting to express herself in the form of a career or other creativity, creative, um, you know, things that she has within her to build, to to sing, to 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 draw, and to do other creative things that she has in her to do. Let her do it. Kalakavot, she's to do it. But the edelkite of the Jewish woman, the idea that she has a certain charm and beauty that attracts her husband to her, that should not be destroyed. This idea that she's a woman and that she's a mother inherently, no matter what career or expression of a talent that she may want to express, that her greatest pride is being a wife and a mother, that needs to always be emphasized. And when that is emphasized, then these Chazals that talk about Isha Kshere doing the Ratzan of her husband is not foreign. It's not foreign, it's not offensive, and it doesn't take away anything of the dignity and the and the independence of what Abbas has within her. So the balance of maintaining your inner, soft, refined character on one hand, and on the other hand, asserting yourself when appropriate, in a respectful way, that is indeed a balance that women need to learn how to develop. And on the other side of the mechitza here, by the men, they also need to know the balance. They need to know when, they need to show authority and a certain uh, uh, strength in the way they conduct their home, and some things the wives really want to see that in their husbands, and then when he needs to be very soft and flexible. Life overall is a balance. Understanding our roles are balances. Working with each other together helps a lot in maintaining that balance. And helping each other when each other focuses on what they need to do on their own self-improvement and then work with each other, communicate constantly, then by keeping to the Chazal and following their dictates we'll all have, Hashem, the most beautiful marriage as possible. Hatslochem bracha.